Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome to Siren Soapbox. Dreams, we all have them. And have you ever wondered, why is this so weird? Is it reoccurring? Is it something that just sticks with you? And you're just wondering like, what does it all mean? Well, that is exactly what we're going to dive into today with the help of a very special guest. I have known this person for over 30 years. She is a nurse manager and house supervisor at a private psychiatric hospital. So she hears a lot about dreams and works with people who are in search of meaning in their lives. She is called to help others reach their highest potential and unlock the meaning of their dreams. And she's been analyzing dreams for well over 20 years. Please give a very warm siren soapbox welcome to Laura Anderson. Hello. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I hope I can be helpful. We're so glad to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, So dreams. Dreams are, um, they're amazing. We all have them. Mammals, uh, birds, reptiles. But what do they mean and why do we dream? Uh, there are two trains of thought. Uh, one is that it's kind of like a data dump that your brain does. Um, and that while you're processing it, you know, your brain gets a little creative. Uh, the other one um, is that they are fire drills, kind of preparing you for dangers in your life, uh, kind of walking you through what you fear, how to process it. Um, I personally feel that it's kind of a combination of all that. And it's our subconscious talking to our consciousness, trying to tell us things that we need to know to live um, a healthier, happier, more full life. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, um, they, they can be confusing um, because of that. Um, and our dream, our mind has a lot in common uh, with the ocean in that um, we've only skimmed the surface of, of what our consciousness is, uh, what our mind is and does for us. Uh, and, um, just like the depths of the ocean, um, we know so little, in fact, we probably know more about the surface of the moon than we do about consciousness and our mind, um, and dreams are a glimpse into that. So they're very, very exciting. And yet also can be very confusing. Um, and so I, I hope that I can help walk you through your dreams. Um, and I will do my best ladies. Well, thank you, Lauren. I love the connection you put to the ocean. That is very fitting. So we are very happy to have you here today. And we also have with us a guest siren, Tracy. We're glad to have her back too. We didn't scare her off with our religious episode. (laughs) Welcome back, Tracy. Welcome back. So glad to be here. Um, I'm struggling through some power issues right now. So if you see my lights go on, off, whatever, it's um, living in the island life. And actually what's really funny about this time is it's only my apartment it's not anyone else around me (laughs) so there's a like a um a fuse box it's down the stairs behind a locked door and I'm not going to go do that so I've lit my lights and hopefully we'll continue to have some internet and stuff while we're doing this 
Well, Living I like your aesthetic. It's, it's very dreamlike over at your house. It's very dreamlike. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fitting for today. Guys. <laughs> so if at any time the sirens feel uncomfortable, because we've gone off the deep end, the safe word is... Mango! Bingo. Tonight's format is going to go a little bit differently. Don't worry, everybody's still going to get their two-minute soapbox. However, each soapbox is going to be describing your dream. Then our dream analyst, Laura, is going to interpret what that means. Somewhere around four minutes or so, and then we'll have about a two-minute open dialogue focused on that siren's dream. And then we'll repeat a couple of times. Does that make sense to everybody? Yep. Cool. Let's dive in. First up on her soapbox is TC. All right. Oh, sorry. So uh, not too long ago, I had this crazy dream and I reached out to all the sirens and sent it to them so I wouldn't forget it. And here's how my dream went. I was having a dream and the number 41 came up in a significant way. I can't remember how it came up, but it stood out to me as really important in the dream. I woke up and there was an index card with the number 41 written really big on that. Then I woke up from that dream and went to tell Murr that I had a dream inside a dream and they both had the number 41 on them. I wanted to tell her I was curious about the significance of the number 41. So I started thinking about ways I could remember 41 and I thought, oh, six times seven. Then I realized that was 42. And that 41 was a prime number. And so that's how I could remember that it's close to six times two, except it's prime. So it's 41. Don't tell anyone 43 might fit that bill also. In my dream, it made sense. I couldn't. Um, so I had a triple layer dream. I was in a dream. I woke up, had a dream, woke up, had a dream, woke up. During this dream, we were all staying on a boat. It was my boat. Um, during parts of the dream, we were in a warehouse. It just kind of depends on which part of the dream it was. Dean was there, Murrah was there, Elsie was there, Jess was there, and another friend of mine, Nikki, was there as well. I had to leave the warehouse to go out to a smaller building to get panties because I was wearing nothing but a t-shirt. But in my dream, it didn't matter. That was fine attire for the dream. I just was ready to have panties on. So I went outside to get a pair of panties and I had a dog with me. I think it was my dog, Hendrix. I forgot my key, so I had to go back to the warehouse to get my keys for the smaller building. When I was walking back to the warehouse, I had a large piece of plywood in my hands. I held it up over my head and swooped it down. And when I did that, I rose into the air. I felt my feet lift off the ground, so I did it again. I just kept doing that, and then I was flying around the parking lot. I fly a lot in my dreams. And the sirens had asked me about flying in my dreams. So I was very excited to go back and tell them that, yay, I'm flying in my dreams again. While I was flying above the parking lot, I was above the trees and the street lights. And above all of that, there was a toy train set up on tracks really high. And I was looking down at this toy train. Uh, then I was flying. I was excited to tell all of you I finally did it. I had a flying dream again. So I knew I had to land and go back into the warehouse and back to my boat and tell you guys I had a flying dream and I had a really good landing. So that was exciting. As I was coming down, I realized there was a, a dusting of snow on the ground, but it wasn't cold outside. So I'm not sure what that's all about. And I went back to my boat, but I had to go to work and all of you were going boating. 
And then I woke up from all of the dreams into my real life in my bed. That's my dream. <laughs> wow. I love that dream. It is a really positive dream. Uh, so uh, real quick question. Uh, four, does four people mean something to you? Four people becoming one. Did you come from like a family of four? Oh, or I, I mean, you have four friends? Four, I, there are four siblings in my okay. family. There are also currently four OG sirens in okay. our group. That so. makes a lot of sense. Actually, that's what I was thinking it might be because four equaling one um, and that being prime means that you feel like your group cannot be divided. You feel like you're united front. So I think 41 has two symbols to you. And that's why it was so important because it's, it's four people becoming one. Um, and it's, it's a prime number. It's unique. Uh, you don't feel like you can be divided. Um, so that's, that's what I would interpret that. Um, so a dream inside of a dream. So what that means is that at some point while you were dreaming, you, your brainwaves changed and you were a little conscious that you were dreaming. Um, and when we feel like we can control our dreams or when we realize we're dreaming, um, we can kind of kind of have a little influence on it. Um, I don't know. Has anybody else experienced that? It's something sometimes yep. that people can do, you know. So, and sometimes so interestingly, if I have a nightmare, there's a cartoon character who comes out in front of my dream, like he's in front of a movie theater and wakes me up. Hmm. Okay. So, you, so there's that control part. So you do have some control over your dreams. And, and some people do, some people don't. It's really kind of a cool thing if you can kind of influence them in a little bit. Um, and then uh, you were trying to remember um, your dream. So it, what it means is that your subconscious knew that this message was really important for you. It really was telling you, you have to remember this. This is important. Please remember this. And you're trying to find ways to remember it in your dream. So clearly that's an important part of the dream. Um, no panties means that you uh, feel safe being yourself around these girls, that you feel like you can expose yourself, that you can let, Don't do let it all like, hang out. You know, like you can just be yourself and you found some people where having panties doesn't matter. So that's, that's <laughs> important. Um, so, uh, the dog is loyalty. Um, dogs usually signify loyalty. So you feel loyal to these women. You feel like they're loyal to you. So that's good. Um, it says that you, you remembered that you forgot a key or there was some kind of forgotten key aspect. Uh, a lot of times that can mean that you're trying to remember to stay open to something, uh, that you're afraid that you could close something off. Uh, usually a key signifies that. Um, sometimes it can be a secret, but in this case, I don't know that it is, um, the trying to fly by working hard with wood. Um, so that is, means that you're working hard for your freedom. Flight and flying is the ultimate freedom. It means that you are, I mean, it's, it's, it's the ultimate freedom, either from what burdens you or just literal freedom. Um, and it's an amazing feeling. And that's why those dreams are so memorable and so amazing. Um, cause who doesn't want the feeling of freedom? Um, and then the toy train is rising above your, uh, immaturity. So when you saw this toy train and you flew above it, um, to me, that says that you feel like you're able in this relationship to fly above any kind of immaturity. And that's a good thing. Um, and then the, the fresh, uh, cold, uh, snow, um, that's not cold, uh, is a welcomed fresh start. It's cleanness. And it means that it's a warm, inviting, fresh start. You know, when you wake up and you see the fresh snow on the ground and it's kind of like, oh, it's so beautiful and fresh. And it's like blanketed the world and it's like a new beginning. And then um, 
you were proud of your good landing. And that means that you're proud of yourself, that you've worked really hard to get to this point where you feel freedom and you feel trust and you feel loyalty. And you have these close group of friends that you feel are unique and um, you're, nothing's able to come between you. Does that sound? I love that. Okay. No, I'm, now I want to know when you had the stream. Do you remember what the date was? Well, I mean, it was look- recently. Yeah, I sent it to you guys on on Facebook immediately the next day, so I can I can look yeah it we up. can figure that out. That's so I love I love that interpretation. How are you feeling about that, TC? Uh, it it all makes a lot of sense given all the things that are happening in in my life right now. So yeah, yeah, all of the all of those aspects make a lot of sense. Yeah, me. I love the fresh start thing. I'm I'm. And potentially considering a fresh start in some areas of my life. So that, that was nice with these, with these four that are, uh, (laughs) I love that to be the fresh start. (laughs) Well, you're definitely trying to tell yourself that. So you're definitely trying to tell yourself that this is a good thing and that you feel it's worth remembering and and definitely worth pursuing and that you're proud of yourself and you're going to be successful. That successful landing means that you believe in yourself. You believe that this is going to happen. This is, this is real. So that's good. Those are good things. I literally got chills listening to Laura describe this dream because of the conversation that we had, that me and TC had before all this. I'm like, all of this is just spot on for you right now, girl. Like that's, that's awesome. It is. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and I meant to say this in my, uh, my uh, like kind of preview of everything. Um, Dreams are extremely personal. There is no way that I can in it a hundred percent interpret anyone's dreams because your symbolism is for you. It's for you to understand and you alone. And a dream is the most personal experience you create for yourself because nobody can see your dreams and nobody can feel your dreams, but you. So um, I will do my best, but please know that in the end, you are the only one that knows the interpretation of your dream. So well, the interpretation you, the interpretation you just gave me, um, is when I woke up, I felt the things that you're saying. I, I felt hopeful and good and positive and safe. I felt a lot of the things you just described. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Next up on her soapbox with her dream is Mer. Thank you. Thank you. So my dream is a, maybe a little different than the rest of the group. I'm not sure how old um, Tracy from the islands dream is, but my dream is, um, nearly 27 years old. I had it one night back in 1996 and I hope I don't cry when I tell the stream because I get super emotional. I feel really connected to it, but I, um, um, I remember like it was yesterday. So I was in the dream started. I was in my friend Susan's backyard and it was kind of peppered with all of these um, prison cells. And they were like concrete prison cells. And there was an opening just large enough for a face. And it was covered by uh, like steel bars, like a prison cell. And there were people inside kind of, you can tell they were in agony. They were trying to get out. And it was sort of a maze of them. I had a hard time getting out of the backyard. But once I finally did, I realized that, you know, I was on, I was in the front of her house and I was at the bottom of her hill, which is the way her house was situated in real life was at the bottom of a hill on her street. 
and I looked at the street and there was one little boy in each yard um, with snowballs. (laughs) And these little boys were like throwing snowballs at me as I'm like running up the hill. Okay. And it's dark and cold. And each one of these little boys is dressed up in winter garb. Like if if you've ever seen a Christmas story, um, the little boy that they always, uh, you know, bundled up in the snow and he can't put his arms down. This is what all these kids looked like, but they were like launching snowballs at me as I run up the hill. And when I reached the top of the hill, I knew that I was safe from the snowballs. I'd gotten away from the snowballs and ahead of me, the street turned into what was now the street that I had lived on um, and when I was in grade school, not that, not when I had the dream, it wasn't my current street, but the street I had lived on before then. And at the bottom of that hill was my friend Don's house. And so I was at the top of our hill and now it was sunny. It was no longer cold. It was no longer gray. And at the bottom of the hill, my friend's Don, my friend Don's house was off on the right. And, um, I could hear a baby crying as I got closer and I kind of walked in slowly and observed the room and it was Dawn and her family. And there was a baby that they were trying to, they were trying to console and they were, um, (laughs) this is bizarre that it's affecting me like that. So anyway, they were, uh, passing this baby around trying to console him. And I walked up to him, like it was my turn and um, just kind of took him and he stopped crying and he looked up at me and smiled. And I said, oh, you don't need much. You just need a little love. And that's when I woke up. There you go. Yeah. Well, I just had a, just a couple quick questions for this one, because I, I read this and I could tell that there was a lot going on in the stream. And, and so I just wanted a little clarification. Um, in 1996, how old were you? We're six. Okay. So you were 16. 15. I'm sorry. 15. I did the numbers way wrong. I was trying to catch my breath. I was 15 in 1996. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I thought that it probably was a puberty dream and it, 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 <laughs> it is. It, so. Well, it is, but there's more to it than that. So, and I didn't give you, I didn't give you all of that background. So just from what we have here and, uh-huh. and, and I don't know the whole background. But um, those cells with the people in it that were cold, those are your, your emotions. You're holding them back. They're trapped. You're trying to get them out. Um, you know, uh, you were feeling attacked by either hidden aggression or your, your feelings. Um, I don't know. Are there any kind of um, like gender issues or are there any kind of things going on for no. <laughs> having like so no, no, no. But, but, but with that with that I mean like sometimes you know you're having issues um reconciling well, I, your femininity you know no but I know what it was I think so I'm going to give you a little more background mm-hmm. um when I had that dream so I was 15 years old mm-hmm. and I was I was pregnant with my son and I was contemplating giving him up for adoption okay. so so that was the gender thing. Okay. So yeah, that's what was going on. And I knew I was having a boy. You knew you were having a boy. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I was well, pregnant then, with a son. You were pregnant with a son. Okay. Well that, that, yeah. Um, the, the boys throwing, uh, you know, snowballs, it's just, 
you were questioning if you could, if you could do this, how difficult it was going to be. You know, you knew it was going to be an uphill climb. Um, you knew how difficult it was. You knew it was going to be cold. You didn't know if you'd have help. You were all alone in the dream. Um, you know, the melting snow means that you knew that there was a possibility that all this was going to be very temporary for whatever reason. You, it was, it was a glimpse. You, you knew that these feelings would probably not be permanent um, for whatever reason. Um, the, but, but here's the thing, even though you say that, you know, you were pregnant, you know, with a boy, you knew that all you need is love. That was also you telling you that that was your inner, that was you telling your inner child. It's okay. All you need is love. And you were alone in those emotions, that scaredness, you felt, you felt very alone. This was, this was, I mean, this is a very, very deep and dark dream. And that's why it still brings up that, um, Hopefully you were able, you were able to give that, that child the love. Dude, he is my greatest accomplishment. (laughs) I know all the, I know that all the girls on this call are like, it's fine. It turned out (laughs) fine, which is why it's weird that it's having this effect on me because so when I woke up from that dream, I, I remember like beelining to the bathroom. My mom was in the bathroom and it was like, I was like, I know mom, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep him. I know I'm going to keep him. And that was, that was the the dream that, um, that was, that was how I knew that it was going to be okay. Well, yeah, you were telling yourself that you were telling yourself that, and it was an uphill climb and it was dark and scary and cold, but then you went downhill and it was warm and sunny and welcoming. And you knew what you needed to do. You know, you needed to love yourself and love that baby. And that's what you ended up doing. Yeah. So it was, it was a really, uh, that's why I feel so connected to that dream is because I've never experienced anything that was so, it was, it's like the definition of your subconscious speaking to you and telling you yeah. <laughs> and in 26 years, you know, almost 27 years later, it's, I know that I absolutely made the right decision and it was hard, but it was Oh, Tracy on the Island has power again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it was, it felt to me like it, it was very emotional and, uh, um, but it was very positive. It was a very um, enlightening dream for me. So and it, you were telling yourself it was all temporary because the, the snowballs are melting snow. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, you, you knew, you knew, and that's what you were telling yourself is that it'll be okay. And you knew it. <laughs> So thanks for letting me be a blubbering idiot. You guys, Whoa, that was weird. I've never had that happen when I told that dream before it's out all the time. All right, let's see. And now we are handing it off to Jess. Who's over here, like wiping my nose. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Listen. I love you, Mer. Yeah, we just all want to hug you. I love right you now. too. Aww. And I'm not a hugger. I know. It's fine. It like I said, it all turned out amazing. It's just weird that it affected me like that today. So all right, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> so my dream, my dreams are always very vivid, and I don't usually remember them. I just remember waking up and going, that was weird. And then it's gone. Um, so this one I did try to like, I, I jotted down notes, like, because I knew we were going to have this episode. So I usually don't remember them past a few minutes after I wake up, but 
Um, mine is very scattered as they usually are. Um, and I've never really tried to figure out what they mean. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what Laura has to say. Uh, but it basically, it started with me. Like I knew it was me, but it, I was like looking at myself and it's not how I usually, um, see myself. Uh, and I was at a large, like cabin chateau type place in the middle of the woods. And I knew that there were multiple people with me. I can't think of who was there. Um, I just remember that it was we, um, so there were multiple people there. We were trying to get someone to leave because, um, they had to go do something and I was getting really mad about it. I, I don't remember. Again, I don't remember why. Um, but eventually we all left and we took a bus to Chicago for some type of a tour. Um, at this point, I remember that my sister, my mom and my dad were with me. Um, they're not the same people that were with me at the cabin, but they were with me. Um, and we started doing the tour of some like old historical houses and some historical part of Chicago. I have not been to Chicago in probably close to 30 years, so I, I don't really know what Chicago looks like, um, but we saw some cool houses and gardens, and we were having a good time, and then we saw someone being verbally abusive to an Asian person, um, and damn it, now I'm emotional. Those of you that know my family know why I'm very angry about that. And we had to put a stop to it. And then we had to explain to the person that was doing it why it was wrong, which made me really mad. And I'm a frustration crier, so. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to explain to other people in the group why it was wrong. Um, and then all of a sudden my husband showed up, uh, he was not with us in Chicago for the tour, but he, um, he showed up and he called to tell me that he had to do a teaching gig for four months. Um, he's not a teacher <laughs> and, um, he had to do the teaching gig for a few months and he wouldn't be able to come home. And I was mad at him for that because we had just gotten married, which we've been married for 15 years. So again, that doesn't make sense. Um, but I was really mad at him. And uh, I was mad that he wouldn't be home for four months. And um, in reality, I wouldn't, that would suck. But if it was good for his career, I wouldn't care. Um, and I woke up crying. <laughs> and that's what I remember. Wow. So uh, it's obviously, you know, bringing up a lot of emotion. So this is something that you, you want, you needed to remember. This is a message that your body really wanted to tell you from what I'm getting from this um, is that um, um, your subconscious, um, the, the person you didn't, you didn't, you knew it was you, but you didn't recognize is your subconscious. That's the real you, the you that only, you know, maybe no one else. Sometimes you don't feel like you know them. Um, the, the cabin is the fact that you hide it. It's deep within yourself. 
um, you're kind of maybe a little uncomfortable with it. Maybe it's a little hidden. Um, you had angry because um, you had to leave or someone had to leave. That is, um, you know, you have to change. There's something that you have to leave, something you have to put behind you and you're upset about it. Um, it's upsetting you. Um, the tour to Chicago, um, it's like, it's probably going back um, to your old, like revisiting your old self. Um, and you don't feel like you're in the driver's seat with that or with this change. Like you feel uncomfortable with it. Um, like a bus kind of is something like where you're long for the ride, but you're not in control of it. Um, and it's, it sounds like there's, there's more to the, the issue with um, the Asians being, you know, verbally assaulted. Um, what I can gather from that is that you feel that there's a lack of empathy in your life somewhere. There's some, some lack of understanding. You feel that you're, you're having to explain empathy to people where you don't feel like you should, like that people should be more understanding of something. They should understand something and you feel like it's so obvious and yet, and yet you, you're having to explain it. Um, and then um, the husband being uh, in Chicago, but not with you is kind of like you're maybe you're feeling like a little slight alienation in your marriage possibly um or in some kind of male relationship in your life um the fact that he has to go away for four months um to teach but he's not a teacher means that he's working on bettering himself in some way or he's doing something making some changes um that maybe he that maybe you feel he is a way to better him or better the situation um, and you feel maybe that you're being left behind in some way. Um, and um, I don't know if any of that makes sense or if any of that's true. Um, the waking up crying, I mean, this is something that's really upsetting you. So um, I, I, you would only know if any of that makes sense to you. I did, it did. Um, really the past year plus um with coronavirus um my sister is Chinese and I just get really worried with the violence and my niece you know she's half Chinese and I just don't want her to have to live in the the world that we're in. So it's frustrating, but scary. Yes. Feeling like you have to better the world for them in order just to live. And it made a lot of sense too. Jess is the the peacekeeper in our group. She's always the one that kind of sees all sides of everything <laughs> and is explaining empathy to everybody and like, oh, this is why they feel the way that they feel. Like, so that that part really made a lot of sense that you were saying that, you know, why is this not obvious to everybody? And she's right. having to be empathetic for everybody. So that made a lot of sense. And I, Jess, I... I can't even imagine how tough it must be for your family right now with just everything that's happening in the world. So we're, as soon as we're all done crying, we'll send all the positive vibes. <laughs> you and me, Mark. We got this. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
And I think from here, it's over to Tracy. Not TC. Tracy. But the other I'm Tracy. Not, even, not in the dark anymore. <laughs> okay. hey, I just unmuted myself. My husband just got home, which is why the power came back on because he went downstairs with the key and did the thing. He's in the shower, but he came home with a little bit of a grumpy mood. So I apologize if there's any. <laughs> Later on, he's in the shower. Hopefully that'll calm everything down. And he's not very, he's not a very, um, what's the word I want? Um, he doesn't usually get that worked up. So I'm, we haven't had a chance to talk, so I don't know what's going on, but we'll talk later. All right. Hey, Tracy, Sorry make sure you're that. close to your uh, device when you're talking. I, I can't hear you as loudly as the others. Thanks. Sorry. Is that better? A little bit. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to be like. Hey. You're good. You're good. Look at my eyes. I can't wait to put that on YouTube. <laughs> right? Such a, such a witch. Love you. I'll talk a little louder. How's that? Perfect. Ready and go. All right. So this is about my dream. Um, generally, I'm a pretty vivid dreamer. And I've always said that there's a book up here somewhere. I just need to put it on paper and actually write. Who the heck knows? Um, so in this dream, and it is dream was probably about three or four weeks ago. So it's not an old, old dream. It was just one that I was able to recall because it stuck with me. Um, so I'm in a classroom setting and this is actually um, something that is frequent for me, but um, there are people in the classroom. I know from many different places in my life, different places and different times in my life. So there could be someone in there that was a childhood friend and someone who was there that I met, you know, 40 years later. Um, so I looked down and I noticed that my palm is bleeding and I don't remember how I got hurt, but I just know that I'm bleeding and I need to get help. And so I'm trying to get help, you know, somebody to help me with it. And they give me a bandaid I put the bandaid on and the bandaid like fills with blood and starts bleeding again. So I'm, I, there's, I'm not controlling the bleeding on this thing. And um, it starts ble bleeding profusely and um, I can't get anyone to help me put pressure on it or to take it seriously. So I end up going to what I think is the ER or some sort of urgent care. And I seem to think I know that um, some people there who is gonna help me take care of this right away. And while I'm waiting, the bleeding gets worse. I want a bandage and um, to apply pressure with, but I'm given a plastic bag to contain the blood from going on the floor. The blood still seems to be leaking everywhere. And the bag now contains about a tennis ball size worth of blood. I mean, that's, that's a bit of blood. Mm -hmm. um, a doctor, someone I know in the dream, but not anyone I actually know comes by. I'm like, hey, look, I need you know some help. And he says, oh, I'll be right back with my stitches. And we'll, um, we'll get that fixed up right there for you. But he never comes back. And yet I'm still bleeding and I still can't put pressure on this wound. And I really don't know why it won't stop bleeding. Um, so Doc passes by a couple times. I finally get his attention. And he says, all right, come with me. I want you to lay down over here. And at that point, I lay down thinking I'm about to get stitched up. But instead, he's, he wraps me in this like straight jacket type thing, except it's not just a jacket. It's like 
a sleeping bag so that my whole body is um, contained. Um, the doc seems to think that I tried to kill myself and I'm like, um, no, it's my palm of my hand. It's not my actual wrists or any, both my wrists. Um, and then I guess I must've passed out in my dream because then I'm suddenly in a hospital bed where I'm naked, but restrained and I'm trying to escape. And I try to get Garner some um, sympathy from the nurse or somebody to help me escape. And in my head, I'm trying to think, um, well, you know, how long have I been here? You can't hold me after 72 hours without some sort of actual, without consent or with some sort of thing, what's going on? Please tell me what's going on. Um, and at this point, my dream kind of changes again and I never really have any re resolution of the hospitalization. So I'm not really sure what happened, but that's kind of it. Okay. Well, I mean, that sounds like a really scary dream. I mean, I work in a psych hospital, so I've actually seen some of the, some similar themes. And I know how frantic people are when they feel trapped, when they feel out of control and naked and vulnerable. Um, so those are themes that are, you know, very present in a lot of people's subconscious. Um, so just from hearing your dream, um, it looks like your right hand bleeding is your selflessness. You feel like you're giving a lot to others. You're, you're just giving and giving. You're, you're selfless in your interactions with others. Um, no one is taking that seriously. So nobody's appreciating. You feel like sometimes people aren't appreciating all the work you're doing, all the caring, how much you put yourself out there for others. Um, you're given a, a bag to collect your blood. Um, that means that, that you feel like um, others don't want you to express your feelings, that they may be messy, that they may be inconvenient um, or, um, you know, not, not to be clean or whatever, for whatever reason, um, or convenient. Uh, let's see, the doctor, um, the doctor, you felt like you knew him, but he didn't. That, that, a lot of times doctors are like authority figures. Um, so maybe you feel like feel misunderstood by the authority in your life or, um, someone you feel might have authority in your life. Uh, the, um, let's see the restraint. Um, it's, you know, obviously that's being held back in life. Um, and it's a misunderstanding. Uh, so you don't feel heard. You don't feel understood. Um, but I think in this dream, um, because you were convinced that it was a mistake, you were focused on the 72 hours. You thought, I think a lot of this is you feeling like you're holding yourself back in whatever way, um, you know, because you were naked, you were vulnerable. Um, either you feel that you're someone very, very close to you that has a lot of authority over you is holding you back in some way and making you feel very unsafe and trapped, or it's yourself because nobody has more authority over you than yourself. Um, and nobody is more vulnerable to anyone than their, their, their self, you know? So it could be either way and only, you know, um, but, um, you know, and then you had, you had told me some other things and, um, you said that, and, and it, a lot of it was being, when I interpreted it, it was like being, feeling like you're, you're unprepared for change, even though you've had a lot of change. Right. So you feel like even though you keep doing it and you should be prepared that somehow you don't feel prepared and it's a lot of self-doubt. Um, so, so with this dream, I, I, I really feel that you feel like you're holding yourself back in some way. Um, and maybe, is, does that make sense to you? Does that feel? 
you know, it's kind of strange because I don't think so. Cause I'm at a, I'm at a point in my life. I mean, I'm retired. Um, I had a career for 25 years and I retired and, um, I'm newly married, um, been married for just over a year and absolutely over the moon with my life, with my husband. <laughs> He's listening as I'm talking and I'm not, I'm not like, <laughs> and so, um, but you know, and and you have to go away because I'm trying to talk. Love you. I love you too. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, and so, and holding myself back, I don't know because I've, I feel like I'm right where I want to be. I don't. I'm not in the achieve mode anymore. I've achieved a lot. I'm an attorney. I raised two children. I've been, you know. Um, um, you know, I'm living a, my retirement dream. And so I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to think about it some more. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're living out your dream. So I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. It's but, just one yeah. interpretation. And like I said, only you I know do. what okay. it really means. So I gotcha. I'm to think about Oh, that's the man. <laughs> the guys. man and the myth. The legend. <laughs> I said the legend at the same time, but I'd already muted myself. <laughs> All right. I think we're on to LC now. If we don't have any other questions for Tracy's stream. Oh, I don't know Tracy very well. Tracy, were you were you in the military? Yes, I retired after 25 years in the military. Because when Laura was talking about change, like I'm a military wife, so that's like really the only constant is change. So that's kind of what it made me think of. Yes. And for the last 25 years, I have moved every two years. And, and what's maybe this is what it is, is, you know, this is me approaching two years in this one location and maybe I'm getting ready for change, but I don't need to because I'm kind of right where I want to be. So maybe my subconscious is saying, all right, we're ready for something else. I don't know. Well, well in 72 hours, you were really focused on the time span. So maybe you subconsciously are telling yourself, this is the longest I've ever been somewhere. You know, maybe. Um, maybe you are scared of being trapped there, even though this is your dream. You know, people that are used to moving and change, you know, this is, you've set up a new life for yourself and, you know, you, you have to see it out. So maybe there's some fear in that. And, and you may be right. That may be the angle there because I'll be honest, the, um, I was thinking about it the other day. It won't be long before this will be the longest place that I've lived. I actually think you mentioned that while I was on the Island visiting Tracy, maybe visiting TC. Yeah, maybe. So, um, but, and in my career, we moved every two years and not only did you move to a new place, but to a new job. So as an attorney, it just meant that I got to practice a different area of law, which was exciting and great. And I never got bored. So maybe it's just me afraid of getting bored. I don't know. Trapped, we'll yeah. We'll figure it out. Life Whoa. is good. That's all I know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, guys. All right, Elsie, I'm excited to hear your dream. Oh, gosh. Mine's kind of all over the place. <laughs> all right. So I put a couple in there just because like 
as a kid, I had a reoccurring dream that I was in the grocery store with my dad and like, I was so small. I was like in the, the grocery cart and he's pushing the cart and we're in the bread aisle. And all of a sudden this like red light is flashing and alarm sounds and the roof comes off and King Kong is there and he's reaching his hand down to try and grab me. So I had that dream. I don't even know how many times when I was a kid, but a lot. And then as an adult, my reoccurring dream is that my teeth fall out and it's all different types of situations and scenarios, but that's the common theme. Um, and then I've had a couple dreams lately where I feel like I should have written them down because they kind of predicted the future. The first time this happened, it was about a decade ago and I used to work in an aquarium and uh, Jess is gonna remember her, it was Rosie. Um, she perfectly healthy shark. And I had this dream that she was walking down the tunnel in like on her, her tail using her pectoral fins to like lean against the tunnel and she's walking on land. And all of a sudden she collapses to the floor and she just dissolves away to nothing. And she's just bones. Um, and then a week later in real life, she died. And then another real weird dream. And it was a lot more recent. I, dreamed in February that I went to a house that I used to visit when I was a kid. Um, and this house was in Florida and I'm looking in the garage at this house and there's something like blowing in the wind and I'm like trying to focus and look at this thing. And as I'm focusing, it becomes this ghost girl, like kind of from the ring or whatever. And she's running at me. And I turn and run, run inside the house. And all of a sudden the house went from this house in Florida to my childhood home. And my dad's sitting on the couch and he's asleep. He had just mowed the yard. And I am like jumping up and down, trying to tell him like what's going on and to run away. There's this ghost girl and I couldn't get the words out. And in real life, my husband woke me up and he's like, what is going on? You're talking in your sleep. And I told him about it. So then a week later, like in real life, we're on vacation in Florida and we went to go, we went to that house we, to visit, whatever. And we threw the drone up in the air to try and get some footage, get some more uh, real estate pictures. And sure enough, right where the ghost girl was in my dream, the roof had collapsed. I was like, oh, that was really weird. Um, and then just like, we'd been talking about dreams so much like recently, my dream that I had was that I was putting some old things away from my old job at the aquarium before I went to do my street evangelization with my husband. And we had to go to the basement of Mount Notre Dame. And I'm sure I dreamed about Mount Notre Dame because Laura and I went to Mount Notre yes. Dame. Go Cougars! <laughs> go Cougars! Uh, <laughs> So I'm like, we're taking like my old stuff from the aquarium down to the basement of my high school and to like, I guess, store it or whatever. And there's this big scary thing under the stairs in the middle of this room. And as I'm like trying to look at this thing, there's like this big black hole in the middle of the floor. And it's like what I would imagine hell would be like. And it's just like, I'm being sucked in out of control and it's just despair and nothingness. And then all of a sudden I could feel like this invisible force lifting me up and moving me to the stairs and safety, like we're over where my husband is and we're able to get away. So, and that was like the first time that I actually remember having a flying dream. And maybe that kind of ties into the whole TC and having flying dreams, whatever. Um, <laughs> I reread this a few days ago, like what I sent to Laura and I 
didn't even realize that my reoccurring dream from my childhood and then my dream with a ghost girl both have roofs in them and my father. So I thought that was a weird connection. Um, So yeah, there we go. (laughs) There's a lot to that. Yeah. And I noticed the same thing. I was like, wow, um, you are, you're really scared of, of, um, of like being insecure of like, you know, being like having things out of control. And, uh, you know, being in the cart, um, you're being pushed by your father who um, fathers uh, represent authority and trust and security in your life. So, um, so you're being, you're being pushed by, by, by security and trust through, through this grocery store. Um, bread is like, you know, meeting your basic needs. Um, and then all of a sudden everything changes. All of a sudden it's it, everything, you know, all your security is gone, all your your trust, everything that is making you feel safe is gone. Um, and King Kong, um, King Kong, uh, when you're a kid, you know, is uh, doing a big, giant, scary monster, but it's also could symbolize somebody in your life um, who's, who's supposed to be, you know, a safe person is becoming more primal, angry, um, fearful, um, uh, causing fear for you. Um, so it could be a dream um, about uh, a family member that had like an anger issue or not feeling secure. Um, there's a lot of things that can mean when you're a kid, um, things are very basic. And when you're an adult, it's hard to go back and like almost have your consciousness go back to that kind of basic thought pattern because you're so far beyond it. So it's really hard with kids. It seems like it would be easier, but it's really not. Um, so that, that could be that. Um, the dream, um, about Matter Dame. I think honestly, that's about obviously me reconnecting with me. Um, you know, I'm a day older than you. We've known each other since. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally a day. That. Literally a day older than you. Had um, to rub that in. Well, you know. <laughs> but uh, we were both Laura or LM. You know, I was Laura Miller, and you were Lauren Matulowitz. So um, we ha- we have a lot of history, a uh, connection. Uh, we went to Adina together. Um, we went to junior high together and then, uh, we went to matter name together. Um, but at a point we, we no longer were really close friends. Um, and I think the matter dame dream, um, is like, you're putting things away. So you're trying to reconcile, like maybe having me come kind of back in your life and to this, this point in your life where you're a different person, you know, you, you aren't a kid anymore. You're putting, you know, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, this, the basement obviously is like going in the past, going deep, dark, darn, like how you feel maybe about me or having somebody in your past come into this part of your life. Um, the being lifted um, and flying, that's freedom. So you feel that um, this dark part in your life or, or maybe, I don't know how you felt about high school. For me, high school wasn't the best experience. No, same. Um, I, I kind of hated high school, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm yep. very grateful for the education I got there, but really kind of hated the whole entire experience of being at Notre Dame. Um, and I think um, that that being sucked into that hole of despair, it's like, oh, that feeling of like, I'm bringing back that feeling of like, oh God, high school. Like just that, that despair you feel when you, you know, you're in a situation where you're not really in control of your life that, you know, you just do what you have to do to get by every day. And, uh, you, you, you escape that you, you're, that's that freedom, that flying. Um, so that's how I feel about that dream. Now, the one in Florida, that that blowing in the wind, that's your life right now. You feel like it's passing you by and you're not fulfilling your dream. 
the, uh, you know, you're being chased, which means that you feel this like urge, like you, you're upset. You feel that you have, there's some change that needs to be taken in your life. You feel that you're not fulfilling. You're not where you want to be. You're, you're trying to, somebody's trying to pull you somewhere else. You're trying to get there. Um, that, you know, you were trying to tell your father and you couldn't find the words. You were, you're trying to tell your husband that you need to do something different. You need to be somewhere different. Um, and you, you're finding it hard to tell him. Um, and um, the whole roof falling in, like there's lots of roof things. Um, so you feel very limited. You feel held back. You feel like you want to be beyond um, where you are and you feel held back for whatever reason. Um, I think when you were a kid, it was probably about security. Uh, and now that you're an adult, you still have that symbolism in your mind, but I think it's like holding you back, um, you know, your fear of being held back, your fear of not realizing your potential and your goal and your dreams in life. Um, does any of that ring true? I can't imagine LC being afraid of not realizing her dreams. Well, you know what people <laughs> she says sarcastically. Well, no, I, I'm unemployed right now, so... <laughs> Yeah, there's all my dreams. No, a lot of that that ring true. So, I on a so, lot deeper level. <laughs> I ahead. have a I have a question. I'm sorry. I know this is your time, but it's also Q and A time. So is, fuck off. <laughs> so here's the thing. We didn't touch on the teeth falling out, and I'm curious oh, about that because I have dreams sometimes where my teeth are either like really loose or fall or have fallen out, and I want to know what that means. In my hand. It is so amazing that you bring that up and I should have brought it up. So the main dreams that society humans as a whole have that are repeated over and over again, the most common dreams are being chased by wild animals, having your teeth fall out and fly or falling. So the teeth one, I've had that same dream multiple times where I'm talking, all set, my teeth fall out. I'm just so disturbed. I mean, who wouldn't be disturbed by their teeth falling out? Um, there's a lot of different interpretations out there because it is such a common dream. Um, I feel like it is, um, there could, there's two things I think it could be, and it really kind of depends on the person and their bigger, their bigger fear. One can be, um, like you betraying yourself or someone betraying you. Um, your teeth are supposed to be in your mouth. They're supposed to ch help chew your food. Um, uh, you, you count on them being there. Um, so it can be a betrayal of somebody close to you. Um, it can be a betrayal. Like you feel like you're going to put your foot in your mouth or betray yourself. Um, or it could be just the simplest fear of saying the wrong thing of like a social anxiety. I mean, we're social creatures. We're scared to death of, of, you know, having that, you know, a social reaction that can, you know, uh, damage you or your reputation. Um, and the, you know, the fear the falling and flying is is freedom or imprisonment which is a huge human fear the fear um social fears is the i feel like is the teeth um and then the fear of wild animals is just straight fear it's it's basic needs survival um so i mean teeth it's very common i think probably everyone here at some point has had some kind of like body part teeth falling off dream um does that, does that make sense to you, Lauren? Do, do you, during that time, were you having a social fear or some anxiety about that? Or The first time I remember having that dream, I was on vacation with my in-laws and there was a lot of drama going on. And I had like, I felt like I had no control over anything that was going <laughs> on. 
So, and I was like stung by a stingray at the same time and my teeth are falling out and whatever, but yeah, that, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so Laura, the, uh, I'm sorry, Tracy, go ahead. I was just going to say Lauren, the whole being a military spouse and traveling and moving every few years, it has to be incredibly difficult on the spouses as far as you can't have a steady career. It's always about the next move. What can I find? What can I do? So I can only imagine that that definitely is playing a role in that, um, in the previous dream that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, you probably have a dream to be, uh, maybe have your career or your, your desires maybe being put before, um, you know, your husband's and, and, it, and it's hard to tell you say that to him, you know, probably. And that's all, you know, your father's laying on the couch. He's working hard. He's mowed the grass, you know, he's t- taking care of business. And, you know, you're trying to tell him about this fear, this, this, this need, this, this like urgent desire that you have, or this like, you know, so urgent and you, and you can't find the words. Um, and that's what that feels like to me, you know? Um, and it, like I said, it's open to interpretation. Not only do you know what it really means, but that's what I got from that dream. Well, Laura, I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you don't mind answering, because I think we got a couple minutes still, but we still want to be respectful of your time. Where do my questions go? <gasps> what, Mary Hodge? You don't know where your questions are. I feel like this is I an awkward a- moment in so- Siren Soapbox history. Gum dream. <laughs> huh? I had the chewing gum dream you're chewing gum and it's just like all of a sudden it's just like you can't spit it out no i feel like i've never had that but i've I've never had the tooth dream really i've never been able to fly in my dream fly all the time but i Mm -hmm. fall a lot from like if you're going to draw a mountain like you're a child and it's tippy toppy like pointy at the top and i would be laying on it and then fall off (laughs) so that's that's I have that dream a lot and I think that so that's the opposite of freedom right Laura that's imprisonment that's a feel uh the falling is failure it's just ultimate failure it's um whether it's imprisonment (laughs) or failure great just it's the opposite of freedom I mean freedom is like you're realizing your dreams you're able to make your own destiny you're in control and falling is the opposite yeah that makes sense all right hmm I can't wait to fly in my dream then. So nobody has the gum dream. I've never had that. Did you regret saying something? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I've had it maybe, but I've had that dream a lot in my life. So it's quite possible. <laughs> a dream that I've had, a dream that I've had a lot lately is getting lost in the parking garage where my car is, um, where I parked for work. So I, I've told the sirens that I feel like recently I have like a whole separate life in my dreams. Like I have a parking spot and I know where my office is and it's the same route to get there every day. And it's the same people and it's the same coffee shop on the bottom floor. And it's just weird. It, it, it's like my, it's like this weird little, it's all work related. It's all like my job, but it's all, it's a weird recurring dream that I'm having right now. And I get lost in a parking garage a lot. And that we're we're living in a simulation. Maybe. (laughs) Do you feel like your life's work is in line with like what you're doing? 
Do you oh feel God, like you're no! Clear? I mean, I'm hoping. <laughs> no, okay, my, so. my the the job that pays the bills is not my passion, okay, which is well, unfortunate. That's what but you're telling yeah. yourself that you're going through the motions and you're not living. I mean, you're living your ideal job in your dreams in a way, in a weird version of it. So you're telling yeah. yourself, like, I have to get there. Like, I'm already doing this. I'm going in. I'm parking. This is familiar. <laughs> this is what I want. And you're just waking up every day and you're doing the opposite. You're going to the job that's not fulfilling your destiny or your dream. Or yeah. your passion. So it wouldn't be me if I didn't point out that that whole being lost in a parking garage is a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> It's actually my least favorite Seinfeld episode. Oh, well, then I won't bother. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the being lost in a parking garage, like, it has so many different meanings to so many different people. I mean, it could be a security issue if you're a woman, and, you know, parking garages, oh, scary, you know. Or, I mean, it really could just be finding that individual job. Like, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to find the fit. You know? Yeah, I think it's more along those lines because I'm having <laughs> exactly I'm having this dream like lately. This isn't since, you know, in the last since we start the podcast, really, it's this work dream that I keep having. Prior to that, I've had this recurring dream. I haven't had it in a while, but I'll have it. It'll be peppered in every now and then. But it's like a campsite or a trail or a village or something. But it's like all in the woods. And I know the trails and they like run down a hill and there's like a, a bridge that really goes over no water. It's like, you know, there's no like running river or anything in the middle of it. It's just kind of weird, but it's another little like, like a little place, I guess, like a village of people that in the dream, I don't like, if I think back of it, I have no idea who they are, but in my dream, I know them, you know, it's telling you, you, you found after a long journey, you found your people, oh, you found your fun. village. You found, you found the people you want to start a community with. That's right, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes Jess doesn't contribute much, but when she does, it's really (laughs) gold. Really fucking meaningful. Meaningful. It is. So Laura, you've heard all of our crazy dreams. Do you have a crazy dream you want to share with us? I've had so many weird ones. Um, I, I actually, I don't know if you guys can see this, but this is my dream dictionary that I got in junior high. I don't know if you can see like in what rough shape it's in. Like it's so it's bad. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. I rough. love that like, you still have that. Did you say I from junior it. high? Yes. I got this when I was like, I would say junior high, but I think it was like 11 or 12. Like I was really young and I asked for it for Christmas and I was really excited. And, um, yeah, I, I still have it. It's been everywhere with me, been on all the moves and all the life journeys and all the dreams. I love um, that. I don't, you know, I honestly don't use it all that much anymore. Um, but I used it so much in the beginning of all this. Um, and I feel like it, it really kind of helped me see like the symbolism, the symbolism. Um, as far as weird dreams I've had, I, I will have these reoccurring dreams where I'm really trying to work something out and they don't make any sense to me. And I'm really frustrated with them. I wake up and sweaty and I'm mad and I'm frustrated. I'm like, what is going on? Why am I being attacked or being chased by wolves on a roller coaster? You know, like what's going on? But then, you know, the more you think about it, the more you realize, you know, it's, it's about primal fear. It's about ups and downs in life. Like at that time I felt complete insecurity. I didn't know what I wanted in my life. I didn't feel like I was on the right path. Um, and you know, 
So it made sense at the time it was scary and I didn't look forward to going to sleep every night. Um, but then I needed to be afraid. I needed to know that I needed to change things. So it was, it was a needed, it was a needed dream. Um, I have a lot of weird dreams where <laughs> this is really embarrassing, but I have a lot of weird dreams where I'm like in a pool and then suddenly somebody's like defecated. Like, and it's like, I wouldn't say it's like the baby Ruth, you know, kind of scene. Oh, right. It's, like, it's kind of like, it's similar in that, like, it's this fear of like, okay, we're enjoying ourselves. Everything's warm and comfortable and, and I'm floating and I'm weightless and I'm enjoying all of a sudden, oh God, poop. Like, and, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh gosh, like everything's dirty now and you're, 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 like unclean and everything's dangerous and there's diseases and like panic mode and like you go from enjoying your life one minute to like oh god I've got hep C now in my dream you know so it's um I think that was your subconscious telling you not to get too comfortable Laura Mm -hmm. no 100% (laughs) because somebody's gonna shit all over it dreams than your own because you're so in it you know you're in the box you know you're trying you're overthinking it you are you know you're just if, if you hear someone else's dream you're like oh god okay well that's what that means and somebody will be like I never even thought of that you know and it's like it seems so it seems so so uh you know obvious to you um but I mean that's that's how dreams are um they're they're confusing and they're it vivid seems like if our mind is trying to tell us these things, then dreams would be easier to interpret and we would remember them longer because Wait. I don't know how many people say, I forget my dreams just a few minutes after I wake up. And it's so true. And anytime I start talking about dreams, people are like, keep a dream diary right next door, right next to your bed so that you can write them immediately. Otherwise you'll forget mm-hmm. them. Like, why do we forget our dreams so quickly? I think because we're just busy being animals. We're busy doing the things we need to do to survive. I think that if we spent so much time in that higher center of our brain trying to figure out everything, um, that we wouldn't be able to do the things we need to do to be alive. You know, we wouldn't be hunting. We wouldn't be, you know, drinking or, you know, working. Um, I think it's one of those higher learning centers where it's like, it's great if you have the time to think about it and focus on it. And who doesn't want to reach enlightenment, reach the best version of themselves? But that's also a luxury. I mean, we're animals. I mean, it's and we are very intelligent animals. But at the end of the day, um, you know, life goes on. Whether you remember your dream or not, whether you understand your dream or not, whether you have a good life or not. Um, and I think that that's some of it. I think um, you we know, all can't be monks and sit around and meditate all day. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, we could. It's a choice, probably. But so, oh my gosh, I had a question. Oh, so do you have any recommendations for our listeners if they want to, um, if they want to get better at remembering their dreams? I I know everybody says, like Tracy just said, keep a journal next to your bed and write it down. Is that really the only recommendation? Are there things we can do to prep for it before we go to sleep? Do you have, what, what do you think? 
yeah. meet and wake up in the middle of the night while we're still in dream state. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Digestive dreams. Yeah. Um, well, it is about timing. Everyone's got a different um, REM cycle length. Um, you dream during REM. Uh, if you wake up either at the end of REM or right after REM, you're more likely to understand or remember your dreams. Um, so that's something. Um, there are apps where you can um, kind of map out your dream state. It'll kind of tell you where you are and you can kind of maybe plan your sleep. Um, the amount of hours you're going to sleep when you're going to wake up kind of based on your pattern. Uh, obviously journaling. That's the reason you hear that is because that's really the best. It works. It works. And the more you tell yourself that you want to focus on your dreams and you want to remember your dreams, your subconscious will hear you and you will, you will start dreaming. More. Um, and you will manifest will- that shit, bitches. Yes, you will. And so people are always like, I don't dream. I don't dream. I don't dream. I said, well, do you ask yourself for a dream? What? No. Well, ask yourself for a dream. And guess what? They'll come- I had four dreams last night. I haven't dreamed in two years. I had four dreams, Laura. And I said, yeah. Because you asked for one and your subconscious gave you one. Um, you know, also, I mean, what you were, what they were saying earlier about like, why don't we remember? Why aren't they clear? Um, I think like we hide a lot from ourselves. You know, we hide. I have, I mean, trauma. Uh, if you have trauma in your life, you'll forget whole sections of your childhood. Things you never would think you'd forget. And you forget them. You don't even yeah. remember them. They're gone. We hide so much from ourselves. Um, and that's a, it's a protective, it's a protective feature. We either aren't ready to process it, uh, we can't process it safely, or, um, you know, for some reason our subconscious doesn't feel like we're ready. Um, and maybe you haven't learned how to process it or you haven't found the tools to process it. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. That that um, reminded me of something. When we um, were talking about our therapy episode, I don't know if it just came up or not, but it probably did. I. I was, I fell into a deep state of depression about four years ago and weird shit kept popping up from my childhood that I had completely repressed. And I ran into someone at a festival and as I looked at her and a whole flood of memories came back, uh, you know, like unpleasant memories associated with this person that I had completely forgotten about. It's so bizarre that the brain works that way. Oh yeah. There's it's so many protective features built in. I mean, most people's unhealthy coping is, is just that it's coping. Um, and, and forgetting, forgetting memories, forgetting is, is another way for your brain to cope. Um, and it's along with your dreams. If your dreams aren't pleasant and your consciousness doesn't feel like you can handle it, then yeah, you may not remember. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. Does anybody else have any little last minute nuggets they want to throw in? Kimmer. I- I love saying nuggets, but now, by the way, yes. Um, what time, no, what latitude are you at? Um, uh, all right. So I know this because I geocache now I am somewhere around like 35 North and 84 West. Okay. Good job. (laughs) That's kind of amazing, but really not what I was asking. You ask for Latin long, bitch. That's what you get. <laughs> I'm looking out your windows and I'm seeing light. Oh, yeah. So I'm, what are you in? I, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm in Midwest. Oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, so I'm in like uh, 
Midwest, um, United is States. Central time or is it Eastern? Eastern, Eastern. So that's crazy because, well, we're, well. And that's my West facing window, so. Okay, so we're getting more light. Okay. Because yeah. it was, obviously you saw me an hour ago. It was very dark. Oh, yeah. My, my um, East facing, East facing window was a lot darker out that way, so. It's been dark here for over an hour, but anyway. You're closer to the equator. Sorry, you asked for questions. I gave you one. That was the question. (laughs) Well, Laura Anderson, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I, I, I personally got a lot out of this episode. I hope all the other sirens did too. It was, this was a really fun journey. Thank you for taking it with us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself and I hope I was helpful. Definitely. Oh, I think you are. I think you are very helpful. So we have a challenge for our listeners this week. We have, this is, we got permission from Paul Boyton. He is a very special friend of the show. And our challenge for our listeners this week is to join us for a nightly meditation. We are going to start this nightly meditation at 9 p.m., Friday, April 16th, and we are going to be reading the meditations um, in the Dream with Intention book by Paul Boyton. So join us each week, start or each night this week, starting on Friday. We'll go Friday the 16th through at least Thursday the 15th, no longer than Friday. Oh, we're going back in time. Now, yeah, I know, right? That's how I look at calendars. We're going to start on Friday the 16th and go to Thursday the 22nd. So please join us each night on Facebook Live. We will be doing the nightly meditation from Paul Boynton's book, Dream with Intention. We hope that you'll join us for that. Our sirens on today's episode, joining us from the beautiful rock in the middle of the Caribbean, our, our OGTC and our other Tracy from St. Croix. Thank you so much. And here in the mainland, we had Elsie and Jess and me. My name is Murr. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.